Hi, I'm Paul Heaney, Vice President and Editorial Director for Design World. Welcome to Design World's Executive Edition, where we speak with leaders of manufacturers, OEMs, and other engineering companies. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Gordon Colasing, the Chief Operating Officer of Orlando-based Orange Seal. Thanks for being here today, Gordon. Thank you so much for having me. Well, great. Let's get right into it. Now, some of our listeners may not be terribly familiar with your company. I know you have an interesting uh, background and kind of a, a Caribbean uh, flavor to the company, which is something we don't run into every day. So can you give us a, a little right. bit of history about Orange Seal and, and how your company came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, it's not it's not that glamorous, but Orange Seal was essentially a subsidiary or is a subsidiary of a larger hydraulic uh, full-service uh, supplier down in Trinidad mm-hmm. uh, that's actually run by my dad. Uh, the name of that company is Hydraulic Components Limited, and they've been in operation for more years than I've been alive. Wow. And my dad saw an opportunity to capitalize on a little bit of market share coming up the Caribbean island chain, and just really through circumstance and, and a little bit of good luck, actually, found the opportunity to open a branch of the company here. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he essentially gave me the opportunity to take it and run with it by not just making it a branch of hydraulic components, but making it into a subsidiary company, which is now Orange Seal. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about that was is that instead of just being limited to saying, well, all right, fine, you know, we're just going to do exactly the same thing that hydraulic components is doing, he allowed us to have a little bit more flexibility to, and to investigate areas where we could diversify and find new ways to bring some type of value to the fluid power industry using the experience that hydraulic components had already set up. Interesting. Can you explain a little bit, uh, just maybe taking a step back, uh, explain to us how the fluid power world in the Caribbean differs, if at all, from uh, the industry that we see here in the States as far as the manufacturing world, the distribution world? So to be quite honest, it's actually not that much different, mm-hmm. um, with the exception, of course, there are no major types of manufacturers or distributors because the Caribbean islands are very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of what they get in terms of equipment, in fact, all of what they get in terms of equipment, spare parts, things like that, are all imported. Trinidad especially does a lot of importing from areas like Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they get a lot of their heavy equipment through that way. A lot of their bucket lifts and um, and uh, a lot of their utility equipment and, and knuckle boom cranes and things like that usually come out of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, honestly, it's not really that much different um, in terms of the engineering aspect of it. It's actually almost the same like, hey, you know, we don't have a ton of schools that promote fluid power education or anything like that. Uh, so a lot of the engineering students that come into it and a lot of the labor force are usually people who have some type of experience experience with engineering or mechanical engineering Mm -hmm. and they just kind of fall into a pattern because those companies like hydraulic components are the ones that look for that type of talent honestly there really isn't that much of a a huge difference between the two okay gordon i know in our conversation uh offline you talked a little bit about how uh you consider yourself a, a broker how does a broker and a distributor differ in your mind so essentially distributors will usually go out to their Uh, suppliers and they will Mm -hmm. distribute their products to their suppliers. Sometimes they may have exclusivity to certain suppliers based on region, based on technical expertise, inventory, that type of thing. As a broker, we're able to actually find all of the individual suppliers and we are not tied to one specific distributor in order to source our parts. 
that is essentially out of necessity being a very young company in the industry we decided to try and add value to it by not just being one or tied to one particular distributor supplier but allowing end users and end customers to actually get the full breadth of the fluid power industry by doing all of that legwork for them, by going out to individual manufacturers, maybe to verify part numbers for them, to verify serial numbers for them, getting that information, talking to suppliers, getting that feedback, providing the quotations, and then going back to the customer and giving them that best availability and that best option. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're using a broker, would you say that's sort of like you're, you're outsourcing a company's purchasing department? Yes and no. So essentially, sometimes the purchasing department might exist in order to fulfill a specific need. So let's Mm -hmm. say, for instance, it's a service company and they are restocking their inventory. They will have purchasers who will be responsible for finding best availability or best cost for large volumes of inventory as you need it. Where we kind of differ from that is, especially when it comes to specialty parts, parts that might be a little bit harder to find, Mm -hmm. out-of-manufacture parts, the one-off items that people sometimes have a lot of trouble finding. Okay, That's where we might differ from them a little bit like that. Makes sense. So, Gordon, based yeah. on your on your business growth thus far, where where are you seeing your biggest opportunities in in like in what segments of the markets? Oh, well, definitely, I think training and uh, the labor force is going to be probably key for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that we're already investigating, and it's something that you know we're we're looking heavily into and devoting a lot of our time into research for that, especially to getting young people invested in the fluid power industry and helping to spread that type of education, that is going to be a big focus for us. So that has definitely been one of the areas that we've identified as saying, all right, this is a good opportunity for us in this market. And I think uh, somewhere else where we may be able to bring a lot of value is using technology to help improve on the supply chain aspect of it by really understanding it a lot better and really finding the gaps where things might not be as efficient as they could be, and then capitalizing on that to help bring a lot more value to end users of fluid power equipment. What about like specific industry segments? Like, are you know, do you see a lot of growth in you know offshore oil? Um, is it in construction, mobile equipment? Is it in you know in plant stuff? Is there is there anything that that you see is particularly uh, a big focus for you in those segments? Not specifically within the individual segments. I think, honestly, just looking at where the industry is heading as a whole and trying to find ways to add value to certain different facets of it, that might be where the biggest value for us is. Because I think there are certain status quo that exist within Mm -hmm. those particular segments that are going to be particularly tough for a new company to kind of jump in on unless you have substantial amounts of expertise within it. So, you know, because we're still a very young company, we haven't actually been able to dive headfirst into a lot of these individual segments. Okay. So instead, we're trying to focus on a little niche in between and then work our way upwards from there by gaining the expertise and building that type of trust with the individuals in the fluid power industry. Okay. Well, well, tell us maybe uh, what is your outlook for the remainder of this year and then for 2019 for Orange Seal? Uh, financially, I think it, it's it's 
pretty promising as well as for 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why that is is because of the fact that we've actually begun to see a certain amount of return on our investment in terms of marketing efforts that we've begun to put forward there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the data that we've been collecting so far has been able to point us in the right direction. And we've beginning, we're beginning to see a lot more leads come in. We're, we're beginning to see more conversion strategies emerging. So... I think all in all, it's it's very promising. Great. Wonderful to hear. And then lastly, what are your uh, customers' pain points you're finding out? Are there specific things that they're really asking you for? So far, not that they've been specifically asking for, but we have actually asked them. Hmm. <laughs> like we've actually gone out and we've asked them, what frustrates you? What, what are your biggest gripes about the work that you have to do right now. And okay. the number one issue that everyone has uh, said uh, has been the labor force. It, mm-hmm. It's been the absolute number one thing that everyone complains about. Second to that usually is parts availability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the number one gripe that they have is definitely the labor force and how much it's been dwindling lately. And especially trained technicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gordon, for sharing some of your wisdom with us. Uh, if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about your company, uh, do you have a website URL that you could share with them? Absolutely. It's orangeseal.us. Thank you. And thank you for listening. For more need-to-know engineering information, including podcasts, please make sure to visit the Design World website at designworldonline.com. Thanks for listening.